3: I'm sitting here on Off The Edge, the podcast, with a man that needs no introduction, a former NFL MVP, a man who can still sling the rock, and we know he can do it if he gets a chance to do it. Yeah. Somebody who's been a pro bowler, all pro yeah. uh, NFL MVP, yeah. should have been, you know, uh it is it is the number one draft pick of the most elite draft class to ever have been in existence, yes. in the 2011 draft class, yes. uh, you know, from a Cam to a Cam in a, in a draft that had three Cams. We're just missing the other one. You know, it was, a, it was a, a Cam trifecta at the time, and here we are a Cam duo with Cam Newton, the man, the legend himself, Mister Game Changer to Game Manager uh, at, at the most relevant time of, of uh, our NFL experiences. Uh, Listen, what else can what else can I say that you, get, that you don't speak for yourself? We can say. That
4: we can enjoy each other's company now. I've always enjoyed your company. No, like, (laughs) I didn't enjoy yours. You know what I'm saying? Meant to be a troll. I think for you, bro, and I was having this conversation with uh, Matt Ryan yesterday. Tell me a more competitive division. Right. During that 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17 NFC South.
3: There wasn't. How how could there have been? It you was, felt animosity at every level. Every out of what is it? Two three,
4: out of eight games a year. That's half your schedule, right? You know, like the Saints coming. Yeah, not even locked in. Oh, oh, it's 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 blood in the water. It's 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 like, bro, tighten your <laughs> up. Oh, can I can I? Yeah, can I? yeah, yeah you grown? You gone? Tighten Tight your up. up because Roman Harper, Petty King, Whew. like jinxed. Petty King, like all that pettiness, also to mention, don't, 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 don't. Don, don. I said, oh my God. Bro, yeah. it was one of those times where it's like, bro, you got to tighten your up because not only are they gritty, they have that continuity that a lot of teams miss. When I think about great defenses, it's hard not to mention you guys is kind of raining in that stint. Compared to the Baltimore Ravens, compared to the 49ers at that particular point in time, it was just at a unit that thrived on opportunistic and was able to create pressure with just a four-man rush.
3: Man, and it was it was a time to be had. <laughs> to be had. And like you know, there was there was times you there was a touchdown that I think you had had in the end zone, uh, in the Superdome. Yeah. You did the you know the patented, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah open yeah. up the chest, show you know, open up the Superman vibes, and I was like, man. And you would like Loki passed passed by me and like had brushed me, and I was like, this brush can't happen. So I was like I I like I like bumped <laughs> you, like made sure it wasn't a brush, it was a bump. And you like, you like looked at me and like turned around and he did one of these, and my guy Curtis Lofton and like yeah. went up to push you. Next thing you know, uh, uh Big Soul uh, Brandon big, big, Williams. Yeah, Brandon went, Williams went came. to go push yeah. Curtis Lofton. I saw I, I saw him go And after I found myself in the back of the end it's zone. 30, it's 30, through 30, through people the end zone. 30 people fighting. 30 people fighting. Next thing zone. you know, I like I went I, I went to like grab Mike Tober and you can't grab Mike Tober he's not weight
4: at 5'7". hand me. <laughs> like he's, a, he's a tree stump. He's no, a no. fire
3: hydrant. <laughs> and so, next to you know, we're out here sprawled out fighting in the back end mm. zone. It's it's times like that that yeah. you really enjoy the rivalry. and That's what makes yeah. it feel like a rivalry. You know, the, the thing, I know our rivalry
4: was one to kind of consider. But being from Atlanta, yeah. I don't think that there's a better rivalry than Atlanta and New Orleans. Absolutely. No, like I I hate say, them. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that it's not even it's deeper than football in that thing, because when Katrina hit a lot of New Orleans natives came to Atlanta. Yeah. So that 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 type of connectivity back to the city of New Orleans and Atlanta, that merger and to have a football game that's where it was like a little kind of different. And I only know that because I'm a native of Atlanta and right. seeing that type of, you know, energy in the city for that particular time,
3: man, you know, that, that energy alone, this just makes you like, want to be a villain towards Atlanta. Yeah. And you know, it, it just our, our division alone, like made me want to be a villain towards you. Cause you were a menace towards everybody else. Yeah. Like it you, you, you warm up on other people's sidelines Bad. and like, <laughs> just looking, I was like, he was like everything about him. Like you have to go after him. And so that being said, hey. now you're, you know, I'm in the podcast world. You've clearly got your podcast. Yeah. I is that is that a rivalry? Like you've got you've got never that's your, your, your podcast. Tell me. Tell me more about it. Because you sit down with the cigar. Yeah. You got the lounge. You are. You're, you're, that's the only thing I'm
4: missing right now. I mean, I got it close by. It, it's just being authentic, authentic to who I am. Yeah. You know, I think for my whole career, a lot of people have always had the question, is Cam Newton real? Is this a energy that like, what is he? You're not used to seeing this type of energy on the field. Folks are able to see a quarterback play and have fun and dance and jump around. And like, is that real? Like, what the is that? Like, we can't. uh -uh. So I've always had to protect, you know, my sanity, but also protect what I was playing for franchises, brands, players, coaches. And now in podcasting, it's like, I don't give a damn. Like, right? let's, let's. like, you're jokes, thoughts, like bring, you, on you, <laughs> bring on the problems <laughs> bring on the problems bring on the like yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like one of them things like and i and i enjoy it bro and i think it's not that you haven't been you yeah, now you just uncut yeah yeah it's like when you're in this position i'm able to tell these type of stories you know in an unfiltered way not to protect anybody's image anybody who knows me know like i still Keep the bro code the bro code. Absolutely. But I'm able to tell it more like yeah. uncut in the way that it's like, yo, I could tell that. You know what I'm saying? Like I just had, you know, a conversation with Greg Olson, bro. And we just talking about certain things. And it's like, damn, dog, like I missed that. Absolutely. And they asked me, like, yo, bro, are you coming back? I don't know. right? It, it, like I'm different. Like I'm a family man now. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I got children. I got kids that expected me to be home
3: when they come back from school and well it can't be a rivalry because you know what we're going to do i'm just going to shoot over to your podcast and we're going we to continue this joke. so if you want part part two to this part one check me out at off the part, Edge two podcast, of the part two of the cams you
0: go into your shower feeling tired
3: Here we are, at my podcast, Off the Edge, with me, your host, Cam Jordan, and it feels like a variety show, because I get to see all these legends and media roll at the Super Bowl, and I'm sitting here with a future Hall of Famer, a man who played 20 years in the league between the Cincinnati Bengals, some people call them Bengals, I call them Bengals, uh, and, and, and the uh, Los Angeles Rams, uh, winning a Super Bowl with them, uh, and then walking off in style, after after the win, with the Super Bowl, and the babies, had the kids there, sitting there like, I, my work is complete. Duh. Andrew Whitworth.
5: <laughs> What up, baby?
3: (laughs) Man, I appreciate you tapping in.
5: Man, happy to be here, bro. What a week, man. It's been awesome.
3: Yeah, I mean, as, as a watch guy myself, I look down at the Panerai, I'm like, I like it. No,
5: yeah, like, yeah, come on, man. But, uh, no, we, yeah, actually, doing, when you're a big fella, you got to have a couple accessories, you know, because everybody see you like, God, this dude's huge. You, you know, you need a little something to kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, a
3: little, 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 little accoutrements, if you will. <laughs> but sitting here, you know, you, you started off in Louisiana. So we have our Louisiana C- uh, Connects here. You're living out in uh, Los Angeles, a place that I hope to one day get to. Uh, but the tax bracket, the way the taxes work, I'm going to be right there in Arizona.
5: <laughs> yeah, I understand that.
3: <laughs> but you, uh, you're you here at Media Week, clearly went to NFL Honors. Uh, do you still enjoy going to? honor shows
5: well i gotta say first off unbelievable that was so good what it's good i can't I, I imagine they had to kind of like let you know that was going on and there might have been a little like we're doing what man but that was cool that man. was good and
3: that's exactly what happened they were like cam you're gonna present this award i said dope kirk Cousins gonna be with you great hey we got a little something special for you awesome 24 hours before hey rehearsal we got these dance moves excuse me excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i know i know how to pass rush <laughs> uh,
5: all right all right no here we i go. thought it was awesome dude i actually thought it was probably one of the best honors i've seen i thought really the whole show was awesome Circus started off yeah i mean it's vegas so yeah it is it's easy to kind of pull some of that off but gosh it was great i thought
3: man it's it's, it's awesome especially when you talk about you you being a, a walter payton man of the year winner a couple years back uh just tell me about what it means to win because i mean i've been nominated three times but as a winner does it change its perspective does it change the uh, perception of
5: i don't think so i think what's cool and I, I think sometimes uh you know you think about those awards we talk about the winner and you know obviously kim hayward Uh, unbelievably deserving, a tremendous human being. I've had a chance with Thursday Night Football now to have them a couple years in a row and get to kind of tell his story and things that uh, he does in the community. But I think also to me, we we get lost in those other 31. And it's like, man, all those guys are doing such amazing stuff. And I think that's one of the coolest parts of this league. And one of the rarest things I think about our business is that I don't know how many businesses in the world that the people who are benefiting from that business also are spending so much of their time Investing all that back into the communities they play in, the communities they came from. I just think there's such a a, a spirit of pay it forward in our league uh, that I just think is really cool that people feel that vibe from these players when they come to these shows. Uh, these guys love what they do; they have a passion to be great at it, but they also have a passion for everyone else that they can help achieve those dreams that they want as well.
3: Absolutely, I I, I always think about like just the highlight you're putting. You like I didn't even know he did that type of work. Like how how many guys are going out their way to give their time, effort, you know, the beyond just money, but just the ability to give back to the community for raise awareness for their for their causes. And uh, as much as I do, I feel like I'm always re inspired. Yep, I'm like oh. I'm not doing enough. I gotta do more. I was like, it's, it's, it's sort of like a competitive to give back mode. It's like, yeah, it
5: is. I think you know this. Like when you get nominated, you see the other guys that get nominated, and you go read what they're doing. And you're like, dang, I need I to get on all it. I'm, like
3: all I'm, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> is giving up the two days, or all I'm doing like,
5: is, is like becomes a. I always felt challenged. Like all right, I can do more. Like every time, and I think that's the cool nature of our league is it doesn't matter if we're competing on the field for wins, or we're out there saying, hey, how can we affect the community and make a difference for people around us? Uh, let's be the best at it. And I think that's a nature and a vibe and a culture uh, that we've started. And that award and obviously Walter Payton set the precedent for all of us. um, That is a great thing for our league.
3: Absolutely. Tune this back to football, you know, wrapping up the award show. But um, there was a record number of sacks that happened this year. And as a defensive lineman, I love it. And as as, after the season I had, I hated it because, I mean, I got injured week 11. It was sort of just like just a run stopper this year. And it hurt my feelings. I was like, they're letting go sacks. And here we are. You know, um, what do you think as an offensive lineman? Like, how did that come about? Is it is it timing from quarterbacks? Is it the lack of technique because offensive linemen are getting fatter and slower?
5: Uh, You know, I think that there's a mixture of reasons, but I think one of the things that's affected the game too is that you could see the drop back game uh, living in the shotgun world. Um, I think you know this as a rusher. It's a a much different world when he's under center and you kind of got to think there might be a combination of things that could happen on a play. And when they're going to be sitting back there at eight yards and you know it every single play, uh, it kind of gives you an opportunity to say, hey, I know where he's going to be and I know what I got to do to get there. And so I think there's, there's the nature of that's changing. And then also you look at it, really this the true pocket passing quarterbacks like there's just not as many that are just going to sit there and, and stay there there's a lot of guys running around now moving they're being encouraged to hey Obviously i don't line, know what drop, coverage it is in, but
3: it, you also don't know where your guy is because you're
5: yeah you're the quarterbacks are moving so those guys those ball in their hand longer always leads to more sacks. So I think that we're going to see that, but I think eventually like you're going to see a turn because obviously it's been a point of emphasis like, uh, improving offensive line play. And I talked to Roger Goodell actually a few weeks ago about how do we continue to make that an emphasis? Because it's just a challenge. You look at youth sports always say, let's go back to where it starts. Yeah. You know, everything's kind of flagged now. A lot of guys are being pushed to less contact, less hitting. So you're taking away really developing linemen at a young age. Right. And then college football, that game's completely changed. Just, I mean, they don't block any of the plays that they're going to block in NFL football and college football anymore. And then in the pro game, we've taken away their off seasons. We've kind of taken away a lot of like that time in camp and those hitting days that they got to train to be a because it's just a different position. And so I think you really look at it on the back end and the front end, we've kind of taken a lot of the reps that develop these guys to be who they are. And so that's the challenge. And I think we got to find ways we can improve there.
3: Yeah, it takes a thousand hours to master a craft. And now you're working with like 500 from, <laughs> yeah. from even the time I got into the league.
5: And think about it. Obviously, offensive linemen are not the best athlete on the field. But when we start talking about pound for pound, moving bodies like that, who they are, it's one of the rarest positions in the world because it's the only one where you play with your back to the ball. Like you were literally basing off of what you hope is happening behind you right. and playing a position. So it's awkward to learn. So it takes time to understand the body positions and really the feel that you've got to know without ever being able to see what's happening the behind you.
3: To the game. Yeah. Man, I, I can hear see, you. See, he's
5: getting he's – getting, look at it. I got him. He's swangling. He's kind of like, I got a, little a soft little, spot right now. He's like, dang, no lineman.
3: No, no. no see, I, <laughs> as, much, as much of a chagrin as I have against an offensive lineman, I, it's because I started off that way. Like, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants oh, to be yeah. an offensive lineman. Like, started off like small ball as like a linebacker safety. Oh, yeah. And then got to high school and was like, offensive of lineman. No! Yep.
5: do will do it. I do it with my, youth <laughs> kids, my kids' team. I coach my kids. Every kid on the team, I'm like, listen – you guys don't want to play O-line, y'all got to go find some bigger kids because whoever you are that's the biggest, you're playing O-line. Like, that's just what it is.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, once I had my chance, I was like, D-line, and I'm never coming back. Yep. You know, but just beyond that, you know, beyond the the offensive line play, and even you know the amount of sacks that happened this year because I, I was excited about it. Um, just think about the rules that are affecting this game. You know, we talk about the time that's affected the game, the rules that are affecting this game. You know, the 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 line judge being behind the offensive line, so now it seems like you know offensive linemen are clearly getting away with, with jumping off sides. And we're not going to say there's uh, there's an offensive tackle on the super on a Super Bowl contending team that like leads the charge in that, but this uh, the the way the game is evolving and the rules. How are guys? is it affecting guys being coached and is affecting technique?
5: Yeah, I think you look at it. There's obviously some big ones that are coming up this offseason. I mean, right. defensively, the hip drop tackle stuff. You know, we're talking about the line of scrimmage after the Kadarius tony play. And and really, uh, even on the other side with Juwan Taylor in the right tackle and his depth that he, he sits in his stance at. I the mean, depth
3: is crazy blows that nobody me talks away. about. It. I'm like, he's not even, like, you used to have to be within, yeah. like, uh, uh, what if the hip length of yep. the center. These guys are out here like a flying V formation.
5: They are. And it's blown me away because throughout my career, you know, it was always like first series of the game, I'm annoyed the guys coming over telling me, like, make sure you scoot up. Make sure you scoot up, and it's just blowing me away that they've been able to get away with it. Like we've kind of eliminated what that real line is anymore, and so I think there's some things that need to get fixed. But also, we like we can't just continue to say we're going to keep taking things out of the game and taking the hits out of the game. And these, and it's just like as a player, you're like, man, I am so confused how you want me to even possibly play the game. Right? Like, I can't imagine being a defender right now and saying like, what exactly is my strike zone? Now not only do I not have a strike zone. Now you're going to tell me how I can fall and how I can dictate how I drop on a tackle. Like, just to me, it makes zero sense. It's like, I don't know how you think. And I think that's the problem, maybe. I don't know. I think they think you're thinking while you're doing these things. It's like, you're playing a game like an animal. You're a tiger trying to get your prey on the ground. Like, there's there's no thinking going into this. So now I got to process while I'm trying to tackle somebody. I'm about
3: to hit a quarterback. But is it within two steps of him releasing the ball? Oh, I've got to hit a quarterback. And as I'm smacking him with all my force, before he hits the ground, let me turn and then give myself an AC sprain so this quarterback's okay. Yeah, my general
5: rule of thumb clear. is like, I want to see egregious things called. Outside of that, like if it's debatable, like I don't want – if it's debatable, let's not call it. Yeah, that's how I feel.
3: That's literally how, like how I've always felt about where it. was like, let him play. Now, if it's a, if it's one of those like, all right. Yeah. Sit your butt down. Like yeah. that's that's a flag. If it's yeah. one of those like, was he in the gray area? Well, if you don't let that play and let us have fun. 100%. Come on, make make it fun again. You know, with your legacy intact, you playing twenty years. You've seen a lot of things come and go. You retire, and what is it? Two years out? It's two years. Two yeah. years now? Sheesh! Uh, the end of the era of the Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll situation. I know. You know, like an end of an era. Does that even sit right? Like, it, does it feel weird to know Bill Belichick? Like,
5: yeah, you I, I think it's wild retire. to Coaches? think about. We go in next fall. And there's no Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, and even Nick Saban. I think like, like you just kind of like in your mind, you think of college football, you think of pro football, you're like, all right, I'm going to see something about Nick Saban this fall. I'm going to see something about Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll. Like it just uh, it's wild to think that next fall you're going to enter that world. And it's it's man, it's unbelievable because obviously people could say whatever they want about the time when Tom's been gone whatever Bill Belichick's one of the greatest coaches that's ever coached in the NFL period, uh, period. that's it and then you know Pete Carroll his legacy is, is uh, unbelievable I mean talking about a guy what a, not just an unbelievable coach but could rally a football team at a right. time where you're like man the Seattle Seahawks are done they got no chance and then all of a sudden you're like whoa we're playing the best team in the NFL when you walk out there and it's something magical he was able to do to Absolutely. create this spirit with his football team and then obviously Nick Saban you know I, I was his first recruiting class at LSU got a chance to play for him there won a national championship yeah way back so uh to to watch him walk away man uh, always like one of the guys who had the biggest influence on me in my entire life um and Bill used to always come to our facility in the off seasons when I was in college there uh just being around those two guys rare rare coaches man and I know a lot of influence on who I am
3: no doubt. Well, I appreciate you tapping in. I ain't going to hold you yeah. up too much longer. You know, I feel like today's podcast is like a variety show. We got oh, yeah. a lot of greats, a lot of legends going through. And I'm so happy that you were able to have find some time to sit down with the kid on Off the Edge, uh, the podcast.
5: Appreciate it, man. You're an absolute legend yourself, man. One of the uh, most unbelievable careers on the edge of anybody. I appreciate you, my guy. Appreciate you.